Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Absolutely Podcast. I'm Kira, and tonight's going to be a solo episode. Amelia and I have a lot of really great group episodes that we're cooking up for you. It's funny, we've actually been spending a lot of time together in the last couple of weeks since she's been back and I've been back. Um, There's just been a lot going on. I went on a really big, amazing trip to Iceland and to Europe. And then I went to Coachella and I just got to spend some much needed time with some of my best friends from college. But that was about a month kind of of traveling. I mean, maybe not a month, but it was several weeks of traveling kind of back to back. Amelia was out of town for a little bit. So we've spent a lot of time just catching up and kind of spending one-on-one time together in the last few weeks, but we haven't had a ton of opportunities to record together. But we do have some amazing joint episodes that we're really working on and we're excited to get out to you. Uh, We're hoping to do a mini series about our holistic health journeys and just talking about all things women's health that we feel like aren't talked about, kind of talking about her journey and her 10 year long journey with her health and my kind of more recent journey with my holistic health, my hormones, my gut health and all that. So we have a great kind of intro episode lined up and then hopefully we'll have, you know, some more episodes just about nutrition and about hormones and about all these other things that we're learning along the way that I think all women should know about. So we're really excited for that uh, mini series to come out. We have an episode in the works about kind of graduation and the nostalgia that we're feeling at this time because it's been for me about two years coming up right around two years from when I graduated from school and it will be coming up on one year since Amelia graduated from school and you know when you hit those year marks you start to get the snapchat memories you start to get the you know this was you one year ago and I've been going through my phone personally in the last few days even the last week and just sending photos to my friends kind of reminiscing on how much easier things seemed back then and how much easier it was to have your friends right next to you so those are just some of the episodes that we're really working on but today i just kind of wanted to hop on for a little solo episode a little therapeutic talk for myself uh because i guess i've just sometimes i have these moments and i don't know if any of you can relate But I have these moments where I look back, or I'm so proud of myself for what I'm accomplished right now and who I am, but I look back at myself 10 years ago, five years ago, one year ago, and I kind of cringe. And I think about mistakes that I made or ways that I handled situations. Sometimes I just get deja vu or flashbacks to a situation where I just really wish that I would have handled differently. Or, I mean, and I guess, so it's kind of a jumble of thoughts because in a way, I'm. you can't change anything. And all of those moments led me to who I am now, looking back saying, if another situation like that came my way, I would handle it differently. But at the same time, sometimes I just still really get the ick by myself and who I was and the way that I acted. And there are probably people out there who have this image of me when I was 19 and they still think I'm the same way or even 16 and probably think that I'm the same way. And I know that I have that for other people where I think they're, you know, I think of one experience I had with them that maybe was negative or that they acted in a way that I didn't necessarily like. And I kind of attach that image to them. I mean, it's probably not people that I'm close with, so it doesn't really matter if I think that of them, but, and it doesn't really matter, you know, if people think that of me, because I know that my close friends know who I am, 
But I guess sometimes with a lot of growth, there comes judgment or criticism of how you used to be, or there can be judgment or criticism of how you used to act or how you used to be in a variety of different situations. And I guess I just kind of have been thinking a lot about that and the reminder of letting go and again, acknowledging that you would handle a situation very different now, but remembering and learning that you had to go through all of those situations to make you who you are now. And so I guess, I don't know, I just kind of wanted to to go back and reflect on the last five years of my life and kind of the biggest moments. I was just journaling about this the other day and I thought it would be a nice episode and maybe helpful or therapeutic if it's kind of a journal prompt or something that you can you can do. Because I think it was a really beautiful thing to reflect on the last five years and say, ask myself, kind of what were the three or four biggest moments that have contributed to my growth and kind of maybe how was I before that and how have I changed because of those impactful moments and just a reminder to myself that you know we are going to have those moments that are so profound and still stick out to us that you can almost vividly remember exactly where you were and the imagery and the smells and the people that you were with in those moments that are a huge part of who you are. I mean, I guess a core memory, you might say. And so I guess I just, I wanted to kind of talk about that. So I feel like if I could look at myself five years ago, I would say, you know, freshman year Kira, we'll start freshman year of college. I moved to California. I actually had a really crazy turnaround summer before moving to college where my family had decided to move to Seattle about they had decided I think in January before I came to college so January of 2017 and so my mom and I my dad had already left to Seattle because he needed to be there for his job and my sister had gone to college already so it kind of followed my mom and I to pack up our house in Denver and we drove to Seattle we had not a good experience on the way there our car broke down in Utah or in Idaho so we had a huge delay We get to Seattle, I was there for one day, and the next day I got on a plane and flew to college. And so my first year, I had, I really struggled my first year at college. I think St. Mary's is a really small school, and I went to a really big high school. And so it was a huge adjustment, first of all, kind of being, you know, the first time you're away from home, you're figuring out kind of who you are, you're trying to make friends. I didn't know a single person when I went to school. You're kind of trying to figure out the social hierarchy and you want to be liked. You want to be, I mean, I especially wanted to be liked. I wanted to fit in. I wanted to be invited to things. Um, I wanted to do all my classes, but I was also really mourning, I think, this sense of having no home. And that sounds really silly, but this was something that was so, such a part of my identity, um, especially freshman year, because you know, you're always around your roommates. You're always around people. All you want to do sometimes is cry or call your mom because you finally start to appreciate your mom right after you move out. So I think I had, I had a hard time freshman year and I also didn't have a really good sense of who I was. And I relied a lot on other people inviting me to things or liking me or asking me out to get my sense of self self worth. And so I think that that was really hard. And so finally, you know, the year wraps up and I go to Seattle for the summer because 
I didn't, I couldn't go back to Denver. And I saw all my Denver friends hanging out and the guy that I was seeing at the time was there for the summer for some, for some program or something. He was in Denver. And so I was so mad because I thought to myself, if I had just stayed in Denver, you know, I could be with the guy that I like and I could be with all my friends. And I was so mad at my parents for moving me to Seattle. I was so angry. I didn't have any friends. I didn't have anything to do the whole summer. I was too adamant that I couldn't get a job because it wouldn't, you know, I was only there for a month at a time and I was traveling back to Denver. I was buying my own tickets home kind of to protest my family, you know, moving me to Seattle. And for some backstory, my dad is actually from Northern Washington, not super North, but North of Seattle. He grew up there. That's where he's from. That's where my grandparents live or lived. (laughs) And so every summer growing up, we would spend like four to six weeks in Seattle. So I'd spent a lot of time there and it's a very beautiful place to be in the summer. But I was just super angry that they had moved. And the reason that, you know, this worked out and they did move is that my grandma, my grandparents were just getting a lot older and there had been an unexpected passing away of my uncle a few years before. And my dad had been the only sibling who had ever moved away from home. And... And it just kind of worked out that it was time for him to move home and kind of help take care of his family again. And at the time, obviously, I did not have the emotional awareness to understand why that happened or why that was a decision that my parents made um, because I kind of just saw it as myself being the only person that mattered. And so I think that that summer I made it a huge point that I was upset and that I was angry and my parents knew that and they could tell and I kind of knew that I was making them feel bad and at the time that kind of felt like I was rubbing it into them but they knew I was miserable uh and looking back on that now I feel horrible like I feel so guilty about that and it makes me cringe a little bit at myself because I don't know, like my parents were just doing the best that they could and they're making decisions that they had to make as their own human beings for themselves and for their family. And I just saw myself as the only person that mattered. And like, I went out of my way to make them miserable and for them to know that I was miserable. And that was just such an added burden. And so I really struggle with that a lot. And that's kind of one of the things that I think I have to learn to let go and forgive myself for. And I've apologized to my parents. I've talked to them about this and they've kind of talked to me about how they felt. And so I feel like it's been acknowledged, but I still just get the ick from myself when I think about how that's the way that I used to act. And so I think the moment for me that this really shifted and I realized some things was, so that summer I was really miserable. In the fall, I went back to school and I decided that I wanted to study abroad in the spring. So I went to Spain, I went to Barcelona, and when I left, there was a lot going on in my family's life. So my mom was going through something really hectic at work. She was taking her company through a merger. She was fighting a lot of people within her company. She was fighting a lot of people with the team she was going to merge with just to make sure that you know she was standing up for the people at the company. Anyway, it was a crazy thing. My sister was going to school in Hawaii, and then my dad... Uh, was taking care of my grandma because she had gotten really sick over the holidays. So I went to Spain and they kind of just sent me, (laughs) they did the best they could, but I figured out a lot of it for myself, uh, which actually I think has made me a huge part of who I am. But unfortunately they weren't 
ever able to come visit me while I was there because there was so much going on in their lives. And at the time I was so mad about it. I'm like, they just shipped me here. You know, I, how am I expected to do this on my own? I, I figured out everything like, which now again, I'm like, good for you, girl. Like you figured it out. But at the time I was super upset about it. I was still kind of angry at my parents. I didn't feel a whole lot of support. I hadn't yet at this point figured out that parents are their own people. This is still in that weird phase where you think that your parents' lives are all about you. And so I remember this moment and I knew my grandma had been sick and I think I was already starting to kind of grow up a little bit in the sense that I was living in another country. I'd been there for a couple months. I was doing things on my own. I was making friends with new people. I was seeing new things. You know, the exposure that you get when you travel and you spend a lot of time in one place. And I remember this vividly. I was out shopping with one of the friends that I made downtown, like on the Sramblas. And I went home back to my student residence. And on the way home, my dad texted me and was like, hey, let me know, you know, when you're back home. So I get back home and I remember he called me and he was like, hey, I just wanted to let you know, like your grandma passed away today. Um, Yeah, like she passed away. And I can tell you exactly where I was standing and exactly what I did. I remember that I grabbed my journal and I went to the rooftop of my residence and I sat there and I looked out at the world because I lived in Northern Barcelona where I had a view of the entire city, which was absolutely gorgeous. And I looked around and I just started crying. And I think for the first time I realized, that was the first moment I think in my life where I realized that all of these pieces that had been in play in my life and in my parents' lives were leading up to this moment where my dad, like they moved us back to Seattle so that my dad could help take care of his mom. And because we did that, he got to spend, you know, every day or five times a week or four times a week with her for the last year of her life. For even the last six months of of her life, he was driving back and forth. He got to sing with her. He helped her move into a retirement home. He spent the last day of her life with her. And now thinking about if that were my mom or my dad, it's like, of course I would want that same experience. And that's why we had to go back to Seattle. And it just felt like this moment where everything dropped into place because I, and I realized it was kind of that moment of like, oh my God, I have spent the last year and a half being so angry at my parents for making this decision when in reality, this decision had to happen and it was going to happen either way. And I wasted so much time being angry and I wasted their time being angry. And in the end, these are moments and things that had to happen because if my dad hadn't done that, if he hadn't moved us home, he would have had to live with that. And it was just this really profound moment. And I remember like a girl from my student residence came up and she saw me on the roof and we talked. These are things that I could tell you exactly where I was, exactly what I was looking at, probably exactly what I was wearing. Like this was such a profound moment in the changing of who I am. And I think from that on, that moment on, I have just known in my heart that things are going to work out and that you can only control, you can't control what happens all the time. You can only control how you react. And that was such an important reminder of that because I'd spent so long reacting in such a negative way and putting all this emotion onto my family and being so angry. And honestly, I can say now that 
summertime in Seattle is my favorite place I've ever experienced summer. And I spent a whole summer being so angry about other things that I could have been doing or my friends that I was missing out on that I didn't make the best of the moments that I had. And I don't regret that because again, it's changed me into who I am, but it was just such a profound reminder that things are going to work out the way that they're supposed to. And like everything that happened with my parents moving there and all the experiences that I had happened for a reason. And I think that has stuck with me so much. And I remember that so much even now. So that was kind of the first, I think, lesson that I learned. And I think also that helped me realize that my parents are just, they're people too. Like, yes, your parents have you and they're responsible for your upbringing for 18 years, or I mean, and after that too, but they are also people. And I think now that I'm in my mid twenties, I understand that a lot more. Like we're complex people we have our whole own experiences and then having a family on top of that, like, yes, you become a mom or a dad or a parent, but that doesn't just negate the rest of your life and the other experiences and identities that you've held before that. Like my dad's still a son and a friend and somebody who also probably had a lot of mixed emotions about moving somewhere that he left, but I never gave him the space to explore that or share that because I was so focused on me. So obviously I think I was allowed to feel emotions about it, But I think I spent so long being angry that I missed out on a lot of opportunities to explore things or be happy or save my family from being really feeling responsible for that. So that's just still something that I'm working through. And I've talked to other people about this and like that parental guilt and feeling like we were such shitholes to our parents is kind of a shared thing by a lot of people, uh, at least people that I've spoken to. So it's just kind of a reminder that Like, yes, that happened and I'm not proud of the way that I acted, but I think it's made me appreciate my relationship with my parents a lot more. And now I have the healthiest relationship with them that I've ever had. And I'm really thankful for that. So that's just, again, like kind of the first thing that I wanted to talk about. The second super big moment in my life, I think, was actually, well, I guess, I guess the second big thing in my life that happened was COVID. And I think when COVID happened and I was back in Seattle and you start hearing about all of these things and I was 20, I was actually 19. No, I was 20. I was 20 turning 21 when COVID kind of hit and shut everything down. And I think, I mean, again, I I feel very privileged to be able to say that I didn't have to worry about a lot of things growing up like income inequality. I didn't really have to worry about a lot of racism. I didn't have to worry about just a lot of issues that I think came into the spotlight because of COVID and because that was really all that was going on. So people were really talking about it. And it was the first time in my life that I started to think about these things, like hearing about people losing their jobs and hearing about how it was so interconnected with people of color and minority communities and how, you know, the people who are losing their jobs are people who are lower income workers with less stability in their professions and how they're already the ones who are struggling to make ends meet. And now they're facing all this discrimination and this racism and Black Lives Matter is happening and anti-Asian hate is happening and all these things. And it felt very overwhelming. And I started listening. This is when I 
really started listening to a lot of podcasts with my dad because we'd go on walks together when I was home and we'd listen to podcasts and he kind of introduced me to like The Daily and some other episodes or some other shows that do a really good job of just talking about things going on in the world. And I just had a lot of realizations about things going on and just for the first time in my life had to really think about these issues. And I think obviously those topics are really heavy and I'm still learning a lot about them. I don't consider myself a pro in any regard, but I still really feel like um, it, sh- it just shaped a lot of my senior year and the conversations that we had with my friends. And I voted in my first election my senior year of college, kind of in this political time of COVID. And obviously that was hard because there was so much going on and so much knowledge about all these things being shared. And tensions were really high, I think, between both political parties, between everything going on in the States. People had really strong opinions. And I think... Well, that was obviously hard and kind of overwhelming to learn all of that. And again, I'm very privileged that these aren't things that I had to think a lot about before that. Um, I do think that learning all this paired with like the discussions that I was always having with my friends and the classes that I was taking about international economics, it really helped me connect with things that drive me, like my purpose being connecting people which is kind of what I'm trying to do with this podcast even just to make people feel a little less alone learning about I guess just how you can make an impact in your community because yes there are a lot of issues going on in the world but even just connecting with the people in your community and finding a way to impact one person's life can be so important and I guess I just think it's hard and I'm so privileged in that I didn't experience any particular hardship because of COVID. I didn't lose anyone that I loved. I didn't lose my job. Um, I understand that I came out of it pretty strong, so I don't want to downplay the significance of COVID and that we're still kind of in it and that it's been three years that we lost a lot and people lost way more than I did. But in a way, I think it kind of shook things up for me in a way that I think if I hadn't had that, I don't know where I would be and I don't know what would drive me as much. And I don't know if I'd be as connected to learning about other people and hearing their stories. So I guess in a way I look back and I'm like, wow, you were really naive and you're really privileged that you didn't have to think about any of these things. But at the same time, again, like that all happened to put me right here, being connected and wanting to learn so much about other people and being a really empathetic person who does think a lot about every time I go out to eat, I'm like, the person who's serving me, like, you know, are they a person of color? Like, just, I go down this whole spiral path of wondering about, like, everyone I see's socioeconomic status, but again, like, I wouldn't change that because I think that's a part of who I am, and I guess, so another big shift that happened in my life after COVID or kind of during senior year of COVID, for me, senior year of college, it was during COVID, and I guess I would describe myself prior to this experience and even after this. I think it took some time for this to really sink in, but I would describe myself as someone who did not prioritize friendships in my life or I I thought that I was prioritizing friendships, but I don't think I actually was. I talked about this, I think, in a, in a previous episode. I am someone who... 
I don't think I'm this person anymore. I used to be somebody who would do anything to be liked by everyone. I would change who I was. I wouldn't stand up for the things that I believed in. I would blow people off. I would ask seven different people what they were doing and then pick the best option. I would. I was that person and I just wanted to be liked so bad, I think, and I wanted to be included and invited to things and seen as popular and cool and well-liked and all these different things that don't really matter anymore to me, but that was such an important part of who I was, and I think especially at St. Mary's, it was such a small school that, like, you did have to be invited to things, and you kind of did have to know the in-crowd to be invited to the parties, which was, those were what I thought was cool and important, and I wouldn't change anything about my college experience again. Everything you do puts you exactly right where you're supposed to be right now, but I definitely expected friends to kind of show up for me and I would get offended when they wouldn't invite me to stuff, but I would have no problem kind of picking the best option and not showing up for them. And again, it kind of gives me, I think about that and I'm like, oh, you were not a good friend. You don't, you didn't realize kind of your priorities. But again, I think it stems back to like, I wanted to be well-liked and I wanted everyone to like me. I wanted to be non-problematic. I wanted to be seen as like a cool person, a cool girl, all this stuff. And I didn't really know who I was and I was in, I was thinking I was pretty insecure. And so I thought that if I was well-liked, that was a, that was kind of, re, that resembled my worth and that I was somebody that everyone wanted to be around. And then that made me cool and that kind of fed my own self-image. And so my senior year over Christmas break, I got a phone call from one of my very close friends who I'd say during college, like... We had some periods where I don't think we were as close. And I think, again, like I, with friendships, I think I also have a lot of conflict avoidance. I'm having a very avoidant attachment style for anyone who's familiar with attachment styles. And that really translates into friendships for me, where I have such a fear of talking about anything that's hard. I have conflict issues where I just ignore it and sweep it under the rug. And... I will simply ignore someone because I don't know how to talk to them about something that's bothering me until I've just completely, the friendship is like over or maybe not over, but it's to the point where it's so not in, like it's so not close anymore that I don't have to talk to them about what's bothering me because they're no longer as close in my life, if that makes sense. So I think I did this and I've talked to my roommate about this. My roommate that I had is actually now one of my very close friends. I just went on this trip with her actually. And I think at the time I did not have any of the skills to properly explain how I was feeling to her, especially my freshman year, because again, you're in such close proximity to them. You can't get away from anyone. You can't cry anywhere without anyone asking you what you're doing. Like you are always around people. And I don't think I knew how to express that to her at the time to ask for more time alone. And I don't even think I really knew I needed that. And instead of being able to express that, I kind of just pushed her away. And I don't think I did this in a super healthy way. And then I expected her to still just kind of like be there again, which goes to my friendship issues. Anyways, so I think I just kind of expected a lot from her, didn't really give her a ton. Like I'd show up for her when it was convenient for me and that I've learned now, like that's not how friendships go. Anyway, so she called me over Christmas break and kind of laid into me. And I, again, vividly remember this. I was sitting in the guest bedroom at my parents' apartment and I was, my sisters 
fiance now husband was there and he's a therapist and she called me and or he's not a therapist he's a psychiatrist he's a I don't know he's really smart and he has his PhD in neuropsychology and and psychology so don't come for me Jonathan I don't know what I just called you but you're really smart anyways so she calls me and she's like hey I just wanted to talk to you about how I've been feeling the last couple months and you've been a really bad friend like you haven't shown up for me at all you only show up for us when it works for you you haven't made any priority to spend time with us And I was so taken aback when she called me. And I remember getting off the phone and talking to my sister's fiance and being like, la la la, I don't know what she's talking about. Like, this is crazy. I can't believe that she would say this. And he kind of therapized me or called me on my shit and was like, okay, so how are you feeling about it? And we talked about it. And he asked me some tough questions and was like, okay, well, I mean, like, does she have a point? And I remember thinking and kind of sitting on it for a little bit and journaling about it. And again, at first I was journaling. I'm like, I'm a good friend. Like we've been friends for so long. And just slowly over time, I started to realize that she was totally right. And I think it took me a while to get to that point of saying, you know, you were really right. And I think it was, I don't know if until recently I ever kind of said it to her face that I took what she said and really ran with it. I think I just kind of started to change my actions, which is also important. And I think because of that, I formed friendships in the last four months of college that are some of the most strong and impactful friendships that I have to this day. So those three friends are actually who I just went on this trip to Iceland with. And I was kind of friends with them. Like I would say that I've known them all throughout college, but it was in those last five months that I got as close to them as I did. And I would consider them my some of my closest friends who know me the best. And it was because of this conversation with a friend that I am that way now and I think it totally reshaped my idea of friendship and that was super impactful for me for a lot of different reasons. I think one, it showed me that in true friendships, you can call each other on your shit and you can kind of stick up for yourself and know when you deserve better and I think it was a powerful example of like a strong independent woman saying I deserve better and wasn't a relationship with a man or anything but it was a it was a moment where someone that I think is an amazing person stood up for themselves even when it was against me or for me or to me and I think seeing someone do that kind of showed me like I can do that too when I need to and I think also it just yeah, it was a real reminder that for friendships to work, like you have to put effort into. And at the end of the day, those people who know you and those fewer people who will do anything for you, it's so much worth it to have them in your corner than to be liked by people whose opinions don't really actually matter to you or who you don't necessarily even like. And So I'm very thankful for that moment. And again, I kind of look back at myself and I'm like, ooh, you were not a good friend. But I can say that now. And I think, again, all of that led me to being the friend that I am now. And I think now I'm a pretty good friend. So uh, that was another big moment in my life that changed me. And then I think, so that was senior year of college. I think since then, I've been just trying to put all these pieces together, these things that I've learned, like, 
realizing everything happens. You can only control the way that you react to something, you know, in your friendships and your relationships and all these things and the things that you do that you're passionate about. You have to show up. I think I started realizing what I was passionate about. I'm passionate about connecting people. I'm passionate about learning from others and understanding other people and and really getting to the depth of their story and what they have to share and offer because everyone's perspective is so unique, but we all have these shared human experiences of joy, of loss, of sadness, of fear, of excitement, of passion, of of goals, of achievement, of like what wonder. And I think that's really special. And I guess, you know, once I moved to San Francisco and I started to practice yoga more in April of last year of 2022, I think all of the pieces really fell into place together and I kind of meshed like gratitude with stillness with all these other ideas and that was the first time where I think I started to realize that I started to kind of get over my FOMO because even though I think I was showing up as a better friend, I still had a lot of issues with feeling like I wasn't invited to stuff or feeling like I couldn't miss something because I wanted to be included or just kind of not having enough confidence in myself and the actions and decisions I was making that I was always questioning what other people were doing and wondering if that would have been a better way to spend my time. And I think it was July of last year where I first was like, I kind of don't care. I know what I want to be doing right now. And this is making me happy. So what does it matter if other people are doing something that's making them happy? Like I'm confident. And yeah, I probably would be having fun if I was doing what they're doing, but maybe not. And I know I'm having fun doing what I'm doing right now. And that's what's important. And so I think that it was a combination of experiences and of people who have changed me into who I am. And I think that's kind of just something that's so, what a wonderful idea that, you can change someone's life and that someone that you just met or a friend or I don't know someone they've known for a long time whatever a total stranger this person could be a teacher for you in something that you never knew that they would teach you a lesson in I think that's so cool and I was I was with a friend a few weeks ago a few months ago I'm not sure and it was the morning and I was working and I think I kind of just made a comment about like I'm a little sleepy this morning you know I need some coffee, like, oh, it's a little early. I don't know. I just kind of made a comment about it being the morning and not being as positive. And he said, you know, like, dude, the morning is the most beautiful time of the day. You could, you know, you never know what's going to happen today. You could save somebody's life today. Like you could, you could meet the love of your life today. You have no idea what's going to happen. And I just thought that was such a good reminder that anything can happen, first of all, and the power of strangers and the impact that they have on our lives every day. Like you could be learning something subconsciously from someone every single day and it could be slowly over time changing you. Even if it's somebody that you see once or twice or three times and they say something and it kind of just sticks with you, those moments, even though they might be small, can be really, really impactful. And I just think that that's so beautiful. And yeah, I guess that's just kind of a wrap up to say like the person that I was five, 10, even one year ago, that is not who I am anymore. And I think that it's important to reflect and acknowledge, but it's also good to look back with compassion and kind of let go of that idea of myself and say that person and all those ways that I acted have led me to who I am today. But, you know, that isn't who I am anymore. And again, there are probably people 
who think of me as that same person. And I think parts of us will always stay true. Like, I don't think your soul necessarily ever changes, but I think we adapt and grow and evolve as we have all of these different experiences. And I think that that's really beautiful too. So that was just kind of a dump into my brain, but I would love, you know, if you have moments like that that stick out to you, I think it's so beautiful to reflect on them, especially because again, they're so vivid. They're such vivid memories and they stay with us. And if there's a person in your life that's really shaped you or impacted you, maybe just give them a quick little thank you. I think sharing our gratitude and sharing our growth with people who know us is so, it's such a nice way. I don't know. I think it's really beautiful. And I think when I was with my friends on this trip and we were all kind of reminiscing on who we were, it's so, it's so cool to see the people you care about grow and kind of reach their, not full potential, but It's just really cool to sit back and watch people that you truly care about as they unlock new levels of peace and of gratitude and of love and contentment and all these different human emotions. So I guess this is just kind of an episode to talk about looking back on yourself and who you were and any mistakes that you've made and being able to let go of that and saying that you know, the person I am today, like that's not who I was. And I would no longer handle situations the same way that I used to. And then actually kind of committing to that change. And you don't have to put yourself in this box. Like I, I think that can be really hard when we do that. And we're so, it's so easy for us to kind of self-deprecate and say like, oh, I cannot do that. Or I'm horrible at this or I'm a bad friend, or anything like that. It's not who you are, it's just kind of how you are right now, but you're capable of change and you're capable of learning anything. I heard, I don't know who, I think it was Jay Shetty probably, I love him, he was talking about how like you, yeah, you can't, maybe you can't bake a cake, but you could learn. Maybe you can't fly a plane, but you could learn. Obviously that's really hard, not to discredit pilots. But for me, I have been trying to push myself to do new things and I something that just like has I don't know it's it's so weird because something that I've always said my whole life is that I cannot dance I'm such a bad dancer I cannot dance and I think there's a lot of reasons that I've said that um I think it's been a lot of internalized shame that I'm Latina and I cannot dance uh I shouldn't even say that that I'm uh, that I don't know how to dance but I want to take a class and I was almost thinking it would be harder to go with people I know because I've already put myself in this box with them saying like, I can't dance. I'm such a bad dancer. Whereas if I went on my own and just took a class, maybe I'd be bad, but I could say I'm learning how to dance. I just think that's such a beautiful reminder that you know, we grow and evolve and we're capable of change. We're capable of learning anything that we put our minds to. And the world really is our oyster in terms of what we can accomplish. So that was just a little snippet of what I've been thinking about lately, especially, you know, with my family and how, you know, sometimes it's easy to look back and regret things, but all you can really do is move forward with love and compassion for yourself and grow and change and evolve. So that's this week's episode. Like I said, we have some great episodes coming up for you, but that's it for today. So thanks for listening. I really appreciate it. I'm excited to hear if maybe any of you have people who've changed your life or any fun random experience with a stranger that you've had or just some powerful moments in your life that you've been reflecting on. So thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time.